What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Digital Bounds Podcast, episode 42. I know I've been forgetting to say the episode number, but I'm going to get better here. Uh, with me, I only have the amazing Elon Musk. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's uh, Sunny Singh. Hey, what's up? <laughs> wish we had everyone here, though. I, I do wish. We want to talk about... Um, Project Love Day, and then also the Tesla Model 3. Uh, besides all that, um, don't forget to check out digitalbounds.com. I've been really just swamped this week with like job hunting and everything, but normally there's some great uh, blog posts on there from myself, from Kyle, occasionally Sunny, and um, I guess let's just jump into the topics. Do you want to start with Pixel, Sunny? I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm really out of it this time. I'm trying to remember. Um, like, basically, there's more leaks on the Pixel 2 and the Pixel XL 2. Um, there's, like, more renders of it and whatnot. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find some stuff on here. Well, you linked to 9to5Google, which is very good. I, I thought they had to change their name, but didn't, didn't they? Change what name? Nine to five Google. I thought they were sued and had to change their name. Uh, I didn't. I never heard about that. Yeah, mm. I, I don't. I don't think they ever changed it. Yeah. So overall, the the new renders look really nice. Um. So but. Oh, I guess. Well, there's the yeah, there's three main things. So we know that there's going to have stereo speakers. I mean, this is all leaks, but um, they're they're gonna have stereo speakers, which is nice. Um, does the Pixel One have stereo speakers, or is it on the back? No, there's only one speaker. There's no stereo speakers. Okay, so this is going to be looks like front facing stereo speakers, which is really cool. No like headphone jack. Yeah, the Nexus Six P has that. Yeah. Um, no headphone jack. I don't know how much I feel how, how good or bad I feel about that. Um, a lot of phones are moving that way though, and it seems like LG is going to manufacture it because it has a lot of similarities to previous phones that LG has made. So I think it's the Nexus 5 and and something else. The only thing about the renders is I hate that little lens popping out. Like, it's a small extrusion from the phone. I'd rather have a big camera bump than just, just the lens popping out. Yeah, I agree. I prefer, like, the whole thing, like the 6P. I prefer the whole thing to just kind of protrude out. Yeah, because I feel like if just the lens pops out, like, I believe the iPhone does it like that and and i always feel like i'm gonna break the the camera lens or i'm gonna scratch it well it's also uneven when you like lay it uh, down flat that's true that's the other part like mm, the phone looks okay but i'm more worried about what where google's gonna go with the pixel line like the first pixel failed just they they like it was, they sold possibly a million phones based on the Google Play Pixel Launcher download like records, and overall, like no one really knows about the Pixel. A lot of times, people ask me if that's the iPhone. This new updated version looks more like an Android phone, but I just I don't see where Google is going with this. In terms of like design wise, or just in terms of what they're going to do with their Pixel, like. 
if LG is manufacturing it now, it's still the Pixel, but I feel like this is just the Nexus line like, all over again. I get what you're saying, because like, cause with the first Pixel, it was more, even though I think, what, HTC manufactured it, right? Yes, but they, they hid that very much. Like, that came out from like reports, and it's, it's, there was right, a lot was... of digging to figure that out. Yeah, because the Pixel very much was like supposed to, you know, get away from the whole Pixel line, or sorry, from the Nexus line, and kind of be like the first like actual iPhone from Google, where it's like their actual flagship. It's almost as if Google itself is like building and manufacturing the phone. Yes. So I, ho and... I hope like the Pixel Two is at the same quality and above. But a lot of these leaks, yes, I agree. It's kind of. It's very hard to kind of decide, but it doesn't. It does seem to gravitate more towards being more of a Nexus phone. Yeah, I just. I think they realized like HTC didn't have the chops to make uh, a Pixel phone, and beyond them building out their own manufacturing, like setup, they're they're kind of stuck. Like they tried to buy Motorola. Well, they did buy Motorola. And then ended up having to sell it because Samsung and other partners started pressuring them to do that. So I don't, I think Google should just build out their own manufacturing, like warehouse or whatever you would call it, and just start working on building pixels themselves. So outsource to LG this time, but build half the other half in their own warehouse. Yeah, at the same time, though, I think that if they were to pick one, I think LG is a really good choice. Because, like, the Nexus 5 is hands down my favorite Android phone. Because that thing, like, people are using it even to this day. So it's, it's really um, just, like, a well-built phone. Yeah, LG is... They're the little Samsung. They're, they have all the the parts, the displays, the memory, the batteries. They have everything just they're just rearranging money and essentially that's what google needs to be able to like push this phone everywhere hopefully the pixel 2 is in not just verizon stores it's an at&t sprint t-mobile and we see it in more maybe physical locations like the google home has its own spot in best buy they they need to have a google zone the chromebook the google home and then the pixel phone yeah, I definitely agree with that. So that's the only way they're going to succeed, and the only way that anything Google hardware related succeeds. Um, continuing, continuing on the phone part of news, um, the Central Company, which is building the Central Phone, just bit off more than it can chew. The phone's late. Executives are starting to leave. I, I'm wondering what's going on here, like. I think I called it. I'm not sure if I called it, but I said that they were going to be late. And I was like, I don't know when they're going to be able to deliver on what they are aspiring to build. So they're pushing it down to August, right? Or I, It's the end of June. If you want to be technical, it's the end of June. But it's going to be like probably mid-August before we see some sort of phone start shipping. And who knows if they will even honor that date, right? More than likely, they're going to push it back a little further, say, oh, maybe the first 100 customers will get it, or they'll bump the cost a little more or something. But I still, it's just, man, this has to be, like, 
really stressful for the company right now. Yeah, because especially, like, I haven't been hearing anything about Essential. So, and, like, the only thing I have been hearing is, like, this, which is just, like, bad news for them. So it's yeah. just, like, very bad PR. Yeah, and the phone looked really great. I think announcing all their product lineup was a bad idea. Like, if they just announced the phone and then shipped the phone, everyone would have been like, oh, man, great phone, cool. Oh, man, look, they have this smart home hub. They have this and that. I think they would have been more impressed because, oh, look, this company is shipping something. Because Andy Rubin isn't really, like, known for vaporware, but I'm starting to think more and more what Essential had and what they showed off was just some vaporware. Like, I think from what, like, um, The Verge had when they did Recode Media, or maybe it was Recode, it was a Recode conference. They had, like, an early model of it. It sounds like, you remember the early models of the Oculus Rift? It was just duct taped together and everything. Right, yeah. That's what I feel like the central phone was. It was just like glued together and they were like, all right, let's go. But also I feel like a lot of what's driving essential is just Andy Rubin's name. And there isn't real, I don't feel like there's really like a marketing team that's really pushing this phone and company in the eyes of, of their consumers. So on well, top of like, on top of like the marketing not being really great, um, like even the development of it, they're not even able to build the actual phone and then push it out. Well, they don't have a phone quite yet. I think that's why there's not a lot of marketing push. I think oh, exactly. once the phone is out, they'll they'll push really hard. But they lost what three top executives in a month, and there's like a lot of talk that more people are going to leave, and it just kind of it just brings the question of are they capable of doing everything that they said they did, they wanted to do because maybe all these executives like bought onto it they saw all the stuff they get in there they see the budgets they see they see what they have so far and then they go oh no this is not going to work out so how do you feel like if they do abandon the phone how do you feel do the, do they even have any chance of success with their other products no, I think if they abandon the phone, at that point, everyone just commits them to vaporware. No one wants to commit money to a company that already, like, ditched one product. Yeah, that sounds about right. They at least need to get shipping. Even if they ship 100 units, at least ship some so there's a few of them out in the wild. Give them just to reviewers, never ship them to customers. At mm -hmm. least get something out there. So you can say, look, we had a phone. We're not going to continue on with it because we're going to really double down on our smart home hub. Yeah, because initially, like I said, I was going to choose between this phone and the Pixel. And I still un um, like I still don't know anything about the phone, so I still can't do that. Like, uh, at least, no like, phones. there's... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, there's more information on the Pixel, I feel like, than, than the essential phone. Yeah, the Pixel, because you're going between two companies, you're probably having a lot of leaks because LJ is telling their manufacturing uh, warehouses, say, this, this this is the specs of the phone, do this. And then from all of there, someone, there's too many people touching that. Essential should have more leaks at this point. If mm -hmm. they're using a third party to build the phone, somebody would have leaked it by now. They would have had like renders and shown you like cases, like 
I just you'd see more stuff if there was actually some sort of manufacturing going on. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Tesla, Elon. <laughs> uh, the Tesla Love Day winner is who is it? Ah, oh, there we go. Yay! Uh, no surprise there. In all honesty. <laughs> so, do you think it has like? Do you think it was a fair pick from like Musk and his team? Or is it just because, like, oh, we can get a lot of, like, coverage from NKBHD? Do you think that there's something like that going on? I don't know because I, I didn't see any other other videos. Yeah, uh, I haven't either. I'm actually know, watching like... one right now. Well, I'm oh, watching... so there's, like, a, there's a playlist. Okay. Yeah. There's, like, a Tesla field trip. I guess Marquez makes his video, or his video, like... It showcases the phone, uh, the car more than anything than everything else. Yeah, because there's like, this. They're watching this one from Julian, and he like, like it, it's not showcasing the car at all. There's kind of like a lot of like futuristic video editing. Yeah, a lot of three D renders and everything. Yeah. Um. So it might be like, like I mean, I'm not trying to hate on Marquez. I'm just saying like he he had a very good video and it was very like good commercial itself too. Um, I'm just trying to th- think, you know, it's a little, a little shady that like Musk is like, oh, M- MKBHD is first, you know, I've reviewed them personally, yada, yada. Yeah. I just, the, the other thing too, Marquez was a press attendee at that event. Mm-hmm. So everyone always says like, oh, YouTubers get everything free. YouTubers do this. YouTubers do that. Everyone just thinks the YouTubers are, like, using their power to, like, get into events and abusing it because they're getting free stuff. They're also trying to give reviews and, and, and also, like, be journalistic. But I think Marquez is kind of pushing that line because Marquez never, like, claims he's a journalist. He's worked with The Verge here and there, but he is a YouTuber. But now you kind of question... Is he getting stuff for free from Tesla, or are his reviews going to be indiscriminate? Like, what what are you gonna do here? Like, if he ever talks about Tesla now, all I'm gonna think is, oh, he's biased. Mm-hmm. Also, he was just doing it because of he was getting some free stuff or something. Now, now that's what I'm gonna think. Oh, now? Or you yeah. you? You just said, like, if he doesn't post any more videos, right? Well, if he keeps posting videos, I'm going to think he's getting stuff for free. Like, oh, they're going to start okay. subsidizing stuff for him. Right. Maybe he... I'm not saying that he got his car for free. I'm saying that he bought his car, but now he's going to start getting free stuff from Tesla. Maybe he gets upgrades or his car breaks down and they fix it immediately. Or he's just going to get preferential treatment from Tesla because he's this winner. And because now they have, like... A little like part in him loving the car i mean he's like a really big fan of tesla so like I, I, even if he wasn't sponsored or anything he would still continue making videos on it i feel like yeah so w- if you won this what do you what'd you get like was there something that he got uh i think it turns into an actual commercial right yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, maybe I guess, right? Oh, so the winner has been promised a trip to a Tesla product launch, which I guess that's the one he went to. Yeah, because was that the model Model uh, Three launch? Then why even pick him? 
I don't know. <laughs> and then they'll they'll play the most popular video on there. Okay, that that's ridiculous. You should have picked someone else that would have never had the opportunity. That's true. So maybe that it wasn't like skewed at all. It was like, hey, this is legitimately the best video. I guess just I feel like you should have said, oh, this is the best video. And then said, okay, well, it's Marquez. Like, he's going to come here anyway. Let's pick the runner up and then show their video and then have Marquez as a runner up. Yeah, I don't know. Because Marquez has the, the means and, and everything to go to these product launches and he's always going to them. I just. Now I, now I feel more and more as like Elon was like, oh, Marquez, I, I know him. Let's, let's pick him. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm going towards that route anymore just because, yeah, like he, he didn't have, like, have a huge reason to pick him. So, I don't know. I just, now I'm, I'm super like, uh, Elon's in on it, Marquez is in on it. It's just, there's just so much. But, you know, I'm looking at this video. This video doesn't even have a million views. Like, it's not that big of a video. Um, maybe in comparison to others, I don't know. But Marquez has five million subscribers. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know how many does he get more than a million typically. I don't yeah, know. he'll get like he's at one point two million, one point five million, one point four, one point two, one point four, a million, and then Tesla's like nine hundred thousand. So like his videos get more than a million. So I'm just, I don't know. I guess maybe it's like. It was an honest pick, then. <laughs> well, if we see Marquez start driving, like, a Model 3, then we'll know something's up, right? <laughs> he, like, got a free car. Well, I feel like he pre-ordered it. I think he said he pre-ordered it. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? We'll, we'll have to watch and see and then decide. Um, the other part of the Tesla news, why Love Day was announced, was um, the Model 3 start started shipping. They delivered to the first 30 orders. So, so, so I tried to segue. Happened. I tried to segue into the Model Three, and you completely ignored it. Oh man, you should have been like <laughs> segue and then did it. <laughs> I want. I want well, to be smooth though. This is a high, okay. high quality production here. Yep, as we're reading the articles and talking about them. <laughs> See, I'm, um, I'm on fire. Okay. Have you seen all the reviews of the the car? Like it, everyone's like super impressed with the Model Three. I've heard good things. I haven't like read or watched like a concrete video on it. So the car costs thirty five thousand dollars. After tax, like subsidies, you're probably gonna pay like twenty nine thousand after taxes and everything. So the car is pretty cheap, all things considering. Um, it's still out of range for many people. Where a car would probably cost you. It's 19, cheap within. 000. It's cheap for Tesla because it's like what. More than half of uh, the Model X. Yeah, the Model X, like... It's like 80 or 90. Yeah, well, the version I want is like 130,000. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, I just... The car looks really nice. There's no, like, panels inside. It's just a big, like, a 13-inch screen inside that has all the information about the Tesla. It has some of the self-driving features. Um, the battery's slightly smaller. I forget what... How many miles you get? You get like 200 something 220, miles. 220, I think. 220 miles. And um, 
if they can increase the output for the car, you could see this becoming a mass market car. They want to push output to 500,000 cars a year in 2018. So 500,000 cars a year, I don't know if everyone can afford a $35,000 car like that. Yeah, I would love it if it was like more massly produced because uh, I know a lot of people, I mean, if you like ordered, like if you pre-ordered kind of like on the first day, um, some people are, even if you don't live in California, they're going to get it like um, this November or December. Uh, but for the most, for most people, they'll get it to like next year. Um, towards the end of next year or 2019 so if they can like mass produce because right now i'm not really sure how i feel like whether i would want this car right now but if it was massively produced if i could like go in a showroom and kind of buy it in there um like i think that that would be an easier decision for a lot of people that's true they well tesla also has this problem of they don't use um like franchised uh, dealerships they have their own dealerships, like their company-owned dealerships, and a lot of states don't allow that. So they're having this problem of not being able to sell their cars in certain states. So they have a bunch of hurdles to jump over still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, my dad went yesterday to look at the Model X, and I guess it was a Tesla Motors dealership. Yeah, so there is no like third-party dealership. It's Tesla Motors. They're owned by Tesla, and... If you go to like a Ford dealership, the Ford dealership's owned by some old rich guy. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that franchise. makes sense. So Tesla is doing it to keep costs down because then they can be like, "Look, these people are salaried; they they don't earn commission or whatever." So you just go in, you buy them. You don't have like all this extra stuff to add onto it. Yeah, because I mean, Tesla I, also wants to be very different from the traditional car manufacturing market. So it makes sense they don't want to put their car alongside everyone else's yeah so it's just weird that they only really produce like two or three cars when like ford produces like 30 cars Mm -hmm. (laughs) like there's only going to be so many models of tesla you'll have like the model x and you'll have like four or five models you're not not gonna maybe one day we'll see a pickup from tesla about i like that they're going slow because even now they have a hard time meeting demand and this well, they're not even late. going slow. They're like a, being very aggressive with this. They actually met most of their their targets here, and overall, I would say. If I mean, they, in terms of having multiple models, I like that they're keeping it minimal for now. Well, yeah, but this was part of Elon's like master plan: is do the Model X and then the Model S and then, or do the Roadster, the Model S, the Model X, and then the the Model Three. So he's on his plan and. And this is the car that's supposed to be mass market. So maybe mm-hmm. one day we have a pickup from them. I know they've talked about doing other vehicles before, but I'm just really interested. I would buy the car. Even $35,000 is a lot for a car, but something that's not going to use gas would pay off over time. Right. And plus it's like considered more of a, like a lot of, like... It's, you know, the average, it's like a more above the average car, but it's not, you know, like a sports car or anything like that. Yes. And the other part of that is um, because there's no combustion, combustion engine, you don't have like oil changes. You don't have a lot of maintenance on it. The things that break on the Teslas are normally like the software went wrong or mm-hmm. you had something in the, in the battery, like get messed up or something in the car was messed up. 
So a lot of the problems are just like minor issues compared to. Yeah, you'd be really unlucky. You'd be really unlucky if the batteries died because like that's a majority of the cost of the car. Yeah, the battery is the majority of the car. <laughs> so that would just like absolutely suck. Yes. So our quick topics for this week are Adobe kills Flash by 2020, and then Apple kills the iPod Shuffle and Nano, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So what do you think about the iPod Shuffle getting killed? Um, a lot of people are like, oh, this kills like like hardware buttons. This kills like this and that. Is you know talk about all the history. Like personally, I could care less, honestly. Like yes. Everyone's like we have talk. music we have music streaming services so like just from a realistic point of view like i don't think anyone really cares no but what everyone's talking about is the ipod shuffle and ipod nano getting killed off is apple's step towards killing itunes which i don't think is going to happen no i doubt it because itunes is still a big money draw for people to buy and download music it's still a way to buy like apps well, and games and everything. Yeah, it's media in general. Yeah, so like it's like movies, it's podcasts. You can't move that onto like a web client. Like, I just it doesn't seem something that Apple would be capable of doing. Now, I would love for iTunes to to die as well, but yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. You rely on iTunes a lot less, but I still feel like the mac computer is very app dependent compared to windows windows is very like you stay on chrome you use all your web apps you have occasional app or a desktop app but the mac you have this mac app store that's thriving everyone talks about like oh i really love this mac app i downloaded it from the mac store so i feel like that's the difference apple is very much about apps they don't focus on moving everything to the cloud you don't have like a bunch of cloud options that only work in Safari. So I don't see them moving to like the Google Play Store model where everything's on this website and then you like download it and save it to your computer, but it's mostly in the cloud and you just stream right. it. Like even with iCloud, really it works best in Safari because I remember opening like a document or something. It was just like super laggy and slow in Chrome. So I was like, yeah, but they want to open in Safari and it was perfect. Still. Right. So it's, yeah, that's just Apple's way. Yeah, they're very app dependent. Apple's not going to move away from apps. That's their lifeblood. And I just don't see them killing iTunes ever. Just because they killed a product that no one probably buys does not mean they're going to kill their number one, like their only way to make money. And I guess I should rephrase like me wanting iTunes to die. Obviously, they would need a replacement for it before they could kill it off. But the app, the software itself, I, I don't like, so I want them to kill that off. They just need to slim it down a lot. Or that, I mean, whichever, whichever, I mean, they, they both get the same result. I think if they did a light version of iTunes, it would be much better. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Adobe finally killing the Flash by 2020? I, th- I thought it was already dead. <laughs> I know this is like an official statement, which is nice. I mean, I, there's not, not much really to say about it, I think. Like, a lot of people don't use Flash anymore. Well, this is kind I would of the... counter that little statement right there. A lot of enterprise companies still use Flash. I see um, 
I still have to use Flash for some companies that use like payment systems, training systems. Um, there's still a lot of videos that rely on Flash in like corporate environments. They have till 2020, so. Yeah, but you got to think these companies will probably still run XP and run Flash and. Well, XP Adobe has still... has been discontinued, right? There's no. Yes, but I still see it used for like point of sale systems. I, I mean, I feel like that's like a security issue. I know there was like one security issue um, with the terminal or something and it was running XP and Microsoft actually had to push out an update for it, even yeah, though they like, don't officially support it. I feel like Adobe is still going to have to support Flash till like 2030 until everyone's finally off of it. <laughs> I it's mean, still going to be around. Right, but from a, you agree from a consumer point of view, like majority of people aren't using Flash. No, but a business point of view, everyone uses Flash. <laughs> I wouldn't say everyone, but yes, there are a few companies here and there. Most companies have like some sort of legacy app that they say, oh, we can't move away from that legacy app because that business went out of, went bankrupt or out of business, so we don't have a replacement for it, and we don't want to buy a new one that we'd have to like migrate all our stuff over to, so it's a big problem for businesses. Okay, sure. <laughs> I just see I mean, it happen all the time. I like maybe Bank of America doesn't have anything. Like I was actually surprised by the bank because we're actually like in terms of supporting IE, um, we're actually supporting IE eleven and above, and I was really surprised by that. I was like, I assumed we'd have to support IE ten or IE nine. So it's actually not really, as much legacy stuff there. Because HEB. Uh... They, their point-of-sale systems still runs XP, they ha and they run Windows 7 for like most of your, your virtualized desktops, but their apps and stuff, like our app that we have for like an internal like employee app to like check stuff and do your schedules and everything, is still run off of Flash. All of our training modules is still run off of Flash. They're working mm -hmm. to get it into... Um, uh, JavaScript and they're actually working to do the app in um, uh, like a electron model so you can same thing that Slack runs they want to do it like that and I guess the one the one weird thing about this um, topic is that Adobe didn't release any official tool that could help ease migrating from Flash to JavaScript or HTML5 so I think that's like they just you know declare end of life but they don't like release any tools for it yeah because i i guess they assumed every whole oh, adobe is not the the greatest company in the world they're just like nah it's dead <laughs> they do it for a lot of other stuff they go got oh, a new version ah oh, we moved buttons around ha 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 i mean but there's like third-party tools so i'm saying like at the very least yeah. like maybe mention it or something like to it i don't know I guess that's true. It gives some sort of documentation or or, yeah. or framework to, to allow the migration to happen easier. Uh, personal topics. Do you have anything, Sonny? Honestly, not really. Can't can't think of anything. Okay. Um, I really don't have anything. I've just been job hunting, and that's not going that well. Um, other than that, I've just been a. Uh, Working on one article that I was so bored with, but I knew that I really needed to write it. So <laughs> uh, that's Is the it... best, like, budget phones. Oh, okay. For digital bounce? Yeah. Um, I'm Right now I'm starting to work on this 
uh, curved screen review, but in all honesty, writing a review for a screen is somewhat difficult. <laughs> How so? It's just, there's not a lot of, ooh, curved screen, ooh, <laughs> cool pixels, refresh rate. Right. It's it just really dry to me, and I'm trying to find a way to make it more consumer-friendly, like more interesting to read about. That's the thing about screens, though. It's like, oh, yep, screen looks good. All right, that's it. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just kind of looking. Maybe compare it to other screens or maybe, like, say why this is the best one over these three options. And if those customers want the cheap one, they can get the cheap one. Or if they want the, the like, more expensive one, they can buy the more expensive one. Or if they want this one, they can buy that one. Something like that. So like a comparison between three, but not really a comparison. Yeah. It's just like a here's the high end, here's this one, here's the budget version. Version. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, so something I do every episode, got to plug my anchor. <laughs> so anchor.fm/slash/sunnysink. Oh, yes. And actually, um, I was listening to Sam Sheffer's episode. He like started turning it into podcast episodes. Um, and he was talking about like how he used um, Audacity and used like a, you know high quality mic and stuff to record. Yes, yeah. where he was popping his peas all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually called into that to that episode. I, I don't think he'll feature it, but I asked him about the time limit on Anchor because even if you record from the web, like if you use the Clipper tool, um, you still have to break it up into five minute segments, which is annoying. Yeah, so I, I, I like asked him, I might do an episode on this myself, but I asked him like, how do you feel about the whole five minute limit as like Twitter or is it, you know, like, is it a good thing? Like how Twitter has a character limit or is it just an annoying thing that they should increase the limit or get rid of it? Yeah, I, I really liked your um, imposter syndrome art, um, segment. Yeah, I'm surprised because like that was very rushed and I, I, I listened to your call and it was really good. I'll feature it in the next one. So yeah, yeah it's just... Like the further on that, that I always feel that way because I, I have that imposter syndrome a lot because I guess I didn't go to school for that. And then I read like, you know, I, I see like Walt Mossberg and, and like some of the Verge staff. I'm like, wow, they wrote a really insightful piece. Why didn't I think of that? Mm-hmm. And then I realized like maybe I'm not cut out to do it like like some like i just i sometimes i'm like ah, maybe i shouldn't be doing this like what makes me qualified to do this and then you're like the confidence which is yeah i i get a lot of views uh we make some money uh i can ramble about it on and on but i don't know it's just, it's one of those weird things like what what makes me qualified to talk about this like my i'm passionate about it and passion gets you so far but it doesn't always get you over the plate i mean the way i look at it though is like no one's really qualified for it like even people with a college degree like me personally i think if you're like someone with a college degree the kind of like is book smart versus someone that's passionate the person that's passionate will be able to like they'll have um they'll have like just the passion to like learn more about about their trade and what they're doing so i feel like they're like more quote-unquote qualified than the person with a college degree because they're like they would have more of the passion to like figure a problem out or something like that yes i guess then i look at like mark german and i'm like 
he gets all these scoops. He's like, what? How old is he? He's, what, 20? I think he's 22 or 23. So same age as me. He's working for Bloomberg. And I'm just like, he just seems so, like, they like justified him. They they uh, they validated him. There we go. So mm-hmm. they valid, validated him by hiring him. Bloomberg such a reputable out, outlet. And I'm just like, okay. Because like, yes, I worked for Android Authority, but I did a lot of third party on their sister sites. I did a lot of like ghostwriting. I did a lot of um, that. CNN did a lot of ghostwriting. So it's like, I just, I don't know. So I've been job I mean, hunting for those jobs. I think that in itself is pretty amazing. Though. Like, I'll, I'll validate you. I think you're a great journalist. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I misspell a lot of words in our Slack, so don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you misspell everywhere. <laughs> it, it's pretty bad. I just, yeah, it's one of those things. Maybe I'll get over it one day when I work at Bloomberg. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing, though, is I've realized a lot of these uh, journal journalistic outlets are based in New York, and i just I don't want to move to New York. I feel like I mean it'd make things easier, but I just I don't want to do I don't want to do that city. I want to be in like a nice suburb. I feel like you can still stay in Texas and do what you want. Like that, and, and that city's really good too. So, like, yeah, it's starting to live come in, up. You live in Austin or New York? San Austin? Antonio. I'm San near Antonio? Austin, but it's like it's like an hour drive to Austin so if I could get like a company and then like work maybe like once or twice a week from Austin that wouldn't be bad yes I mean so if you wanted to work at like one of I guess one of the big companies then yeah you'd have to move to like California or New York or something like that yeah you could still work at a fairly large company in Texas I don't have to I I really want to work with startups and stuff and we'll see I think that's more enjoyable yeah yeah I just don't want to lose my job after like three weeks because I applied to one company and then they ended up going under as I was doing the application process. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was that's, like, that's how did you not know about this? Like, yeah. you could have told me. It's like, you're the CEO. That's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's all the news that we have for this week. Uh, if you like this episode, rate us six stars on iTunes. I know there's not six stars, but do some hacker stuff and get us six stars. Tell us what you like about the episode tell me if i'm an imposter or if sunny is really the the real tech journalist here also follow us on instagram snapchat twitter uh anchor we're digital bounds uh slack we have a slack community that i'm gonna really start uh revitalizing and kind of doing some some more pushes on digitalbounds.com we have a newsletter we have a lot of stuff that i've just I feel like we've expanded too much and we're going to go down a little bit. But check us out there. We've been really good uh, on recording every Sunday at 9 or in the afternoon. So it works out for us. Anything else, Sonny? No, all good. Okay. So we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. Bye.